0: Jai, Jai Sai. Sai, Jai, Jai Sai. Shri Sai Sacharitra The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shri Sai Baba A Modern Rendering Chapter ten Always Remember Baba. Always remember Baba with love, for he was always engrossed in doing good to all and was always abiding in the self. To remember only him is to solve the mystery of life and death. This is the best and easiest of sadness, as it involves little effort. Just a little exertion brings great rewards. So, as long as our senses are sound, we should practice this sadhana minute by minute. All other gods are illusory. The guru is the only god. If we believe in Sadhguru's holy feet, he can change our fortune for the better. If we serve him, we become free from samsara. We need not study any philosophy like the Nyaya and the Mimansa. If we make him our helmsman, we can easily cross over the ocean of all our suffering and sorrows. As we trust a helmsman to go across the rivers and seas, so we have to trust our Sadguru in order to go over the ocean of worldly existence. What the Sadhguru looks for is the intense feeling and devotion of his devotees, and then endows them with knowledge and eternal bliss. In the last chapter, Baba's mendicancy, devotees' experiences, and other subjects are dealt with. Let the readers now hear where and how Baba lived, how he slept, and how he taught. Baba's Curious Way of Sleeping Let us first see where and how Baba slept. Nana Saheb brought Baba a wooden plank for sleeping on, four cubits in length and one span in breadth. Instead of keeping the plank on the floor and sleeping there, Baba tied it like a swing to the rafters of the masjid using old rags, and slept on it there. The rags were so thin and worn out that it was a wonder how they could support the weight of the plank itself, let alone the weight of Baba. But somehow or other, it was Baba's leela that the worn-out rags sustained the plank with Baba on it. On each of the four corners of this plank, Baba lit earthen lamps and kept them burning the whole night. It was a sight for the gods to see, Baba sitting or sleeping on this plank. It was a wonder to all how Baba got up and down from the plank. Out of curiosity, many tried to observe the process of mounting and dismounting the plank, but none succeeded. When crowds began to gather to watch this wonderful feat, Baba broke the plank into pieces and threw it away. Baba had all eight siddhic powers at his command, but never practiced nor craved them. They came to him naturally as a result of his perfection. Baba's Divine Nature Always remember Baba with love, for he was always engrossed in doing good to all and was always abiding in the self. To remember him is to solve the mystery of life and death. This is the best and easiest of sadness, as it involves little effort. Though Sai Baba looked like a man over three and a half cubits in length, still he dwelt in the hearts of all. Inwardly, he was detached and unconcerned, but outwardly he longed for everyone's welfare. Inwardly, he was disinterested, yet outwardly he appeared full of desires for the sake of his devotees. Inwardly, he was the abode of peace. Outwardly, he looked restless. Inwardly, he had the state of Brahman, the ultimate reality. Outwardly, he acted like a devil. Inwardly, he loved Advaita oneness. Outwardly he got entangled with the world. Sometimes he looked on all with affection and at other times he threw stones. Sometimes he scolded them, then at times he embraced them and was calm and composed, tolerant and well-balanced. Whatever his actions were, he was always abiding in the self and always loved his devotees. He sat on one seat and never traveled. He always carried a small stick in his hand. He was calm and free from thought. He never cared for wealth and fame and lived on begging. Such a life he led. He always uttered, Allah Malik, God is one. Eternal and all-embracing was his love for his devotees. He was a storehouse of self-knowledge and full of divine bliss. Such was the divine form of Sai Baba, boundless, endless, and at one with all of the creation. Incarnated in Baba was the one principle that envelopes the whole universe. From Stone Pillar to Brahman The truly meritorious and fortunate received this treasure chest in their hands, while others who did not know the real worth of Sai Baba or took him to be a mere human being were truly unfortunate. His stay in Shirdi and probable birth date No one knew the parents and exact birth date of Sai Baba, but his age can be determined approximately by his stay in Shirdi. Baba first came to Shirdi when he was a young man of 16 and stayed for three years, then suddenly disappeared. He reappeared near Aurangabad when he was about 20 years old. And returned to Shirdi with the marriage party of Chand Patel. He stayed in Shirdi continuously for sixty years, after which Baba took his Mahasamadhi in the year 1918. From this, we can say that Baba's birth year is approximately 1838. Baba's mission. St. Ram Dass flourished in the 17th century and to a great extent fulfilled his mission of protecting cows and Brahmins against the Muslims. But within two centuries after him, the split between the two communities, Hindu and Muslims, widened again and Sai Baba came to bridge the gap. His constant advice to everyone was this. Rama, the god of the Hindus, and Ramin, the god of the Muslims, are one and the same. As there is not the slightest difference between them, why should their devotees quarrel amongst themselves? Children, join hands and bring both communities together. Act sanely, and then you will gain your goal of national unity. It is not good to dispute and argue. So don't argue, don't oppose one another. Always consider your interest and welfare. The Lord will protect you. Yoga, sacrifice, austerities, and knowledge are the means to attain God. If you do not succeed in this through whatever means, vain is your birth. If anyone does evil to you, do not retaliate. If you can do something, do some good to others. This in short was Sai Baba's advice to all. This will stand in good stead both in material and spiritual matters. Baba Asad Guru There are gurus and gurus. There are many so called gurus who go about from house to house with symbols and vina in their hand and make a show of their spirituality. They blow mantras into the ears of their disciples and extract money from them. They profess to teach devotion and spirituality to their disciples, but are themselves immoral and irreligious. Baba never thought of making the least show of his devotion. He had no body consciousness, but had great love for his disciples. There are two types of gurus. The first, Niyat. The second, Aniyat. The Aniyat, or unappointed gurus, develop good qualities through their advice. Purify our hearts and set us on the example of self realization. But it is in contact with the Niyat, the appointed Guru, who dispels our sense of duality and establishes us in unity by making us realize, I am that. There are various Gurus imparting different kinds of worldly knowledge to us, but he who fixes us in our true nature, The self and carries us beyond the ocean of worldly existence is a Sadguru. Baba was such a Sadguru. His greatness is indescribable. If anybody went to take his darshan, he, without being asked, would give every detail of the person's past, present, and future life. He saw divinity in all beings. Friends and foes were the same to him. Detached and balanced, he helped everyone, even evildoers. He was the same in prosperity and adversity. No doubt ever touched him. Though he possessed a human body, he was not in the least attached to his human body. Though he looked embodied, He was beyond the body, free in this very life. Blessed are the people of Shirdi who worship Baba as their God. While eating, drinking, and working in their backyards and fields and doing various household works, they always remembered Baba and sang his glory. They knew no other God except Baba. How to speak of the love the sweetness of the love of the women of Shirdi. They were quite ignorant, but their pure love inspired them to compose poems or songs in the simple rural language. While not learned in letters, still one can discern real poetry in their simple songs. It is not intelligence, but love that inspires real poetry. Real poetry is a manifestation of true love and this can be seen and appreciated by intelligent listeners. Collection of these folk songs is desirable, and Baba willing, some fortunate devotee may undertake the task of collecting and publishing them. Baba's Humility The Lord, or Bhagawan, is said to have six qualities. Fame, wealth, non-attachment, knowledge, grandeur, and generosity. Baba had all these. He incarnated in flesh for the sake of the bhaktas. Wonderful was his grace and kindness. He drew the devotees to him, or how else could one have known him? For the sake of his devotees, Baba spoke words as the goddess of speech dare not utter. Here is an example. Baba spoke very humbly. I am a slave of slaves. I am in your debt. I am fulfilled by your darshan. It is a great favor that I see your feet. I am but an insect in your excretia. I consider myself blessed. What humility is this? If anybody thinks that by publishing this, any disrespect is shown to Baba, we beg his pardon, and to atone for this, we sing and chant Baba's name. Though Baba seemed outwardly to enjoy sense objects, he had not the least taste for them, or even the consciousness of enjoying them. Though he ate, he had no taste. Though he saw, he never felt any interest in what he saw. Regarding passion, he exhibited perfect self-control. He was not attached to anything. He was pure consciousness, the final resting place of desire. Anger, envy, and all other feelings. In short, he was detached, free, and perfect. A striking instance may be illustrated by the following statement. Baba takes orders from his devotee, Nanavali. There was in Shirdi a peculiar and odd fellow named Nanavali. He looked after Baba's work and affairs. Once he approached Baba, who was seated on his seat, and asked him to get up as he wanted to occupy it. Baba got up at once and left the seat. After sitting there a while, Nanavali got up and asked Baba to take his seat again. Then Baba sat down and Nanavali fell at his feet and went away. Baba did not show the slightest displeasure in being dictated to and ousted. Nanavali loved Baba so much that he breathed his last breath on the thirteenth day after Baba took his Maha Samadhi. The easiest path is the company of saints. Though Baba acted outwardly like an ordinary man, his actions showed his extraordinary intelligence and skill. Whatever he did was done for the good of his devotees. He never prescribed any asana, breathing technique, or practice to his bhaktas, nor did he blow any mantra into their ears. He told them to leave off all cleverness and always remember, sigh, sigh. If you do that, he said, all your chains will be removed and you will be free. Sitting between five fires, sacrifices, chanting, and eightfold yoga are possible for Brahmins only. They are no use to the other classes. The function of the mind is to think. It cannot remain for a moment without thinking. If you give it a sense object, it will think about that. If you give it to a guru it will think about the Guru. You have heard most attentively the greatness and grandeur of Baba. This is the natural remembrance of Sai. Hearing the stories of saints is not difficult, as the other is mentioned earlier. These stories remove all fear of samsara and take you on the spiritual path. So listen to these stories Meditate on them and assimilate them. If this is done, everyone will become pure and holy. You may attend to your worldly duties, but give your mind to Baba and his stories, and then he is sure to bless you. This is the easiest path, but why don't all take it? The reason is that without God's grace, We do not have the desire to listen to the stories of saints. With God's grace, everything is smooth and easy. Hearing the stories of saints is, in a way, keeping their company. The importance of the company of saints is very great. It removes our body consciousness and egoism, completely destroys the chain of birth and death, cuts all the knots of the heart, and takes us to God, who is pure consciousness. It certainly increases our non-attachment to sense objects, makes us indifferent to pain and pleasure, and leads us on the spiritual path. If you have no other sadhana, such as uttering God's name, worship, or devotion, but wholeheartedly take refuge in the saints, they will carry you safely across the ocean of worldly existence. It is for this reason that the saints manifest themselves in the world. Even sacred rivers such as the Ganges, Godavari, Krishna, and Kavari, which wash away the sins of the world, desire that the saints come to take a bath in their waters and purify them. Such is the grandeur of the saints. It is on account of the store of merits in past births that we have attained the feet of Sai Baba. We conclude this chapter with meditation on Baba's form. He is the beautiful and handsome Sai, standing on the edge of the masjid and distributing Udi to each and every Bhakta with a view to his welfare. He thinks the world is not important and is ever engrossed in supreme bliss. Before him, we humbly prostrate ourselves. Pranams to Sri Sai, peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's the Sri Sai Satcharitra. The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda. For more content like this online, please go to divinelineage.org, saifamily.org, and peacefires.org. To learn more about Monica, please go to monicapanaconda.org.